road time, and like their entire, it seems like their entire time. We and don't do that yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to, before we like do the official intro, I wanted to ask, are you guys on threads? No. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Why not? Oh, I have I have a very bitter relationship with social media in general, so um, the idea of joining any more just kind of like I, I, if I was on Twitter, like I'd, maybe I'd be interested in it, but I've like thankfully stayed off Twitter, so I'm not really interested in a Twitter in getting Twitter light, yeah. right? Yeah, you said you the words right out of my mouth there. Like I don't need another social media app. So threads. I trying to drive the like um, Lux Media as a whole and um, UF Casual in particular t- definitely have to use social media. But uh, uh, yeah, the changes that uh, Musk has brought to Twitter really put me off of it. So I was glad to see an alternative pop up. So yeah, uh, Lux Media well, Net is on Threads. Threads, Threads has only sort of, I think, gained a prominence because Musk didn't want to pay his Google Cloud Platforms bill, and that's why the rate limiting was occurring. You know, on your feed, you could only look at like six hundred tw- tweets or something. He, uh, he didn't want to pay the bill, so that's why all the rate limit happening. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are of users that have left Twitter, but I can imagine there's a huge cross pollination with the users that have gone to Threads. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I see something that I have like no sympathy for is seeing like celebrities and brand accounts like complaining like oh no I we have another social media that we have to have to manage and like bitch just leave Twitter or something like <laughs> if your target yeah, demographic it is, is under thirty then why the fuck are you on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, I'm over thirty, so I can be on Facebook. I'm thirty-one. Like I I can remember Facebook being. I, guys, this is going to date me here. Maybe Nathan won't know about this. I can remember I was on MySpace. So was and I. Something else, something else that we had over here called Bebo. I don't know if that was big in America. No. But I was no, on something called Bebo as well. I think oh, Friendster was... was the one before MySpace. Ah, well, I, see, I, we'd never heard of that one. But uh, Bebo was like a really shitty like Web 1.0 site where you could put like bullshit themes in the background and awful text and stuff but yeah myspace was big and then facebook yeah i've had a facebook print i think since like 2007 don't know about you two yeah same <laughs> i was on facebook in 2009 still am it's a good meme farm so i don't really have a lot of like room to complain about other social medias because i'm still on there but i've decided to lock myself to just that and instagram yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh I have to have a Facebook account, like a personal one, so that I can mm-hmm. buy ads for on any oh, yeah. meta outlet. So it's it's really my I've made myself obscure and like I had to speak to some like security rep directly, like because I spelled my name in such a weird way, and so the security yeah. rep is like, "What the fuck is this?" And so I'm like, <laughs> "Look at my ID. Like this is look. That's me. I promise." And like, oh, well, why'd you do that? Because I don't want to fucking talk to anybody on this. I don't want to. 
I don't even want to be here, okay? But I have to be, so thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I will say it is kind of cool how Threads is already, like, so interwoven with, with like, Facebook and Instagram. Like, you do anything on those platforms, and it's like, hey, just share this directly yeah. to Thread, you know? And it's like, oh, that's neat. Yeah, that's what I've been doing with, like, the our brand Facebook page or whatever, just when I post something on Instagram, just send it there to whatever. <laughs> oh, let's see. Other socials. Um, I made us a TikTok account. Yo, oh, let's go. Mate, yeah. I don't... I'm not on TikTok. Oh, man. I, is that what it is? Like, there's a lot... I don't, of... Mate, I, I think I'm... Like, originally, I think TikTok was like that. But I think it's become like mainstream, hasn't it? I think normal definitely mainstream. So definitely. I, I probably need to get over it, and I need to get on TikTok. But yeah, I was gonna say like WhatsApp was listed as there, and that's. Um, you don't I... have to be so hard on TikTok. <laughs> so if you want to not make a personal account, you guys can use the the brand account. I don't really care. Uh, WhatsApp though, like I set that up, like WhatsApp business, so that. Because a lot, oh, yeah. like we don't get people calling in because apparently calling is for boomers, uh, whatever. <laughs> so like you <laughs> can, what they mean. yeah, like you can text me instead on what, but it only works on WhatsApp because it's a business line. So yeah, mm. but WhatsApp, if you want to text because you're a fucking pussy and you can't put your voice on your opinions, there you go. Let's uh, let's take this second real quick. This is the ultimate fucking casual. My name is Leo. I am the ultimate fucking casual, because I don't know a whole lot about MMA. I'm joined by my buddies here, Chief and Nathan, who are very well-schooled in the MMA circles. So, um, yeah, that's all our social shit, so that's some little bit of admin updates. Um, update no, on not. the... Huh? No, no, it's not. We haven't talked about Musk versus uh, Zuck. Oh, the fight, that that's right. That's social, technically, isn't it? That's social giant yeah. versus... Yeah, that's a good segue. Fraud. Obviously, it's fake. It's never happening. Uh, Musk is, like, at least 50 pounds overweight and doesn't train. So, is the UFC just using their reach for hype? I don't I don't really... Because it's, nev it's never happening, is it? Let's be honest. I don't, I don't understand... Come on, somebody, please, somebody give me something I, I don't think there. it... I disagree. I don't think it's totally out of the question. I think Elon's crazy enough to do that just for the publicity. Yeah, and no I agree with that. Did you see, did you see the, uh, the Instagram post that Izzy put out? Apparently he was rolling with Zuckerberg. And, uh, yeah, Zuck is uh, BJJ. Like, he's belted and everything, right? He's, yeah, he's done he, competition. He won a competition, didn't he? So yeah. He, I believe him. Like, and he's, if you've seen the picture of him recently, I think he's got Volk on one side and Izzy on the other. And my man looks fucking yoked, you know? He looks like he's on TRT or some Royce <laughs> or something. He's yeah. in some good shit. Is that what androids take? Uh, <laughs> androgens. Yeah. Hey! Adrenochrome? <laughs> Adrenochrome. Don't, don't, don't even say that word. They're already, they're already listening to oh, us. Oh, yeah, no shit. I don't, we don't need a... We've been bad-mouthing Musk. My, I might uh, suicide by two shots in the back of my head. Um, let's... I, I would never kill myself, guys. Yeah, I gotta start <laughs> laying that one out. I'm healthy and happy and blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, on the Musk thing, Musk, uh, Zuck thing. Um, so GSP said he was he would train Musk, and then it comes out. It came out recently that he's coming back. He's coming out of retirement. Am I am I reading that right? Yeah, he's big well, It it's a uh, grappling what is it only. Called? Yeah, yeah, it's the UFC. Was it Fight Invitational number seven or something like that? It's and Eddie it's Bravo's a... thing, isn't it? The UFC mm-hmm. bought Eddie Bravo's uh, format, the Eddie Bravo Invitational, and nothing rebranded it as their own. Is it like so a he is... talent scouting kind of thing? No, it, I guess you could say it's sort of like a pro league in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like the best fight the best in it type thing. Because one FC has different like silos, so to speak, where they have like grappling only people, uh, kickboxing people, Muay Thai people, and sometimes they overlap, but not, not often. I think we've mentioned yeah. Demetrius Johnson and the Muay Thai guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saddam. Yeah, you, you can when you see the arena, it's it's like a clear like kind of wrestling or like a Brazilian nice. jiu-jitsu mat. It's not like a caged uh canvas they're fighting. Alright. Hmm. Okay, so that's what GSP's doing. So he's if mm, it, he's training. Do you, link, do you want me to link this together for you? Yeah, please. So, so GSP, one of his coaches is a guy called John Danahar who is like a, he's like a, an Einstein of the jiu-jitsu world he's like revered as this like master um, even like even the Brazilians say he's good he, tra- he trained GSP for a lot of his career he trains or has trained with uh, that Lex Friedman guy Lex Friedman who is like best pals with Musk but I think in that picture he's with Zuckerberg, right? There's the picture of like the five of them. Chief had it right. He just had the names mixed up. Um, and it's Zuckerberg, GSP, um, Danahar's in the picture as well. So that that's where that relationship comes in. That's that's sort of how that got linked up. Um, basically, GSP's jujitsu coach is coaching Zuckerberg. Um, really. That's it. So yeah. then, who's? I it thought GSP was going to train Musk. Or is GSP for fuckstick? Which way around is it? So Musk, Musk because is with uh, Musk is with GSPs. Yeah, he's in GSPs. Right. Camp. That makes sense. That makes so, sense because Musk is is like best pal, or his pals with Lex Friedman, and Danahar has been has trained Lex Friedman before, and he's been on his podcast a bunch of times. Like same with Musk has been on Freeman's podcast a bunch of times as well, so that makes sense. And Zuck, I'm not sure who Zuck is training with. Might I'm sure is with the publicity, involved? is he involved? Man, yeah, he's, that's probably he's gonna fake. fuck Elon Musk up if that's the case. If Elon is remotely in shape and he didn't just start training yesterday, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better grappling coach right. than than GSP and, and Bonahar. I mean, yeah. Who's the famous dude that trains the Diaz brothers? Oh, that's um, who is it? Who's that Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach? Richard Perez? No, that's a boxing. No, coach. that's his boxing coach. Is it? Hen- it's Henzo Gracie, isn't it? That's yeah, the Gracie. Brother. That's the name. It's uh, well, it's, uh, C- the, Caesar, Gracie. Caesar, Caesar Gracie. Caesar Gracie. Yeah. 
There's a million graces, Leo. You'll come to learn this. Oh. And even there's even some family names that aren't Gracie, but they technically are under the Gracie lineage in school. Oh, they got like married out, like women married yeah. out of the family. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Names. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what else? There's a lot of Andrade, uh, Ferreras. There's a lot of those. Uh. Yeah, there is. I'm drawing a blank on Brazilian names. So. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I think we were. I had the GSP return marked for the end, but we got that taken care of now. Another quasi-related thing: Fury Nganu is live. Green light. Shot uh, found off. T minus countdown. <laughs> fucking blast off, Chief. How triggered are you? When, so I'm, I'm going to ask you two guys a simple question because you two guys like boxing too. When was, how long ago did Fury last fight a real boxer? Uh, uh, and I mean, when I say real boxer, a I mean one? somebody who's going to go in there and be competitive with him. When was the last time? Vlad? 2021. <laughs> That's Wilder 3. Right, so his last, what, three fights he's fought, absolute bums. Sorry, Dillian White. Uh, at the end of their careers. I'm not so sorry, Chisora. Dillian White. I'm not. Yeah, so, sorry. I know you guys don't like him, but... Hey. I, 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 yeah. He's your countryman, anyway. right? No. Oh, I'm is he thought. Jamaican? I guess he's adopted. He's an adopted Brit. Okay. So there's Cesaro, White, and then I think he had a big period of inactivity. He's had long, drawn-out... Um, Negotiations with Usyk, who, let's be honest, we've been trying to get one name, one one face, all the belts yeah. for like it seems like ten years now. And Fury seemingly either prices himself out or he's putting clauses in that are unagreeable. And now he's going to fight the biggest, who was the biggest puncher in the UFC, no, no doubt, but a guy that can't box. And even though his striking is his best attribute in the UFC. You wouldn't exactly call him a crisp or like a sound boxer. He wings and whiffs shots. So Fury's going to go in there and toy with this guy for as many rounds as he wants, and then he's going to finish him. He has already fought. He's fought a better version of Francis Ngannou three times in Deontay Wilder. Yeah, like yeah. their their styles are similar, but Wilder is like like clearly the better boxer. Like that's not even disputable, and he handled him very easily. And another thing that Nganu doesn't have that Wilder does have is a gas tank. This is going to be like, like past round three. I think he's just going to be sucking air. And I don't, I think Fury can do whatever he wants to him at that point. Yeah. McGregor ran out round five against Mayweather, which is when like Uh, a five round UFC fight ends. No, no. Give McGregor a bit more than that. He he had, I think he won the eighth. He won one of the late rounds before he got stopped. I won't, I won't have that said about my country. (laughs) 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 So something that I was going to mention was about Nganu was, and about him being like a wild puncher, uh, pun, is that a pun? Kind of, with Wilder. But, <laughs> so, Nganu, something that's really difficult for boxing fans trying to get into MMA is the striking in UFC. Like, these guys train, like, they do, they have a boxing coach come in for what, like, two or three weeks of their camp, maybe? Some, uh, it depends on the camp, right? Some guys are more focused on it than others. Um, but typically, 
the reason that UFC fighters lack boxing ability is that where you're going with this? Yes. I think. The, the reason that you say they lack them or that they look awkward in uh, when you're watching anime is because they have to be worried about the threat of the takedown. Right. Well, and the legs. And that's and Exactly. That's something that Nate Diaz has found out a lot of times. It's great. The, the way to be, beat Nate Diaz in MMA now and has been for a lot of years is just chop down his lead leg because he, he stands in almost a boxing stance very front, heavy on his front leg. So those are the two things I'd say that influence boxing ability and how it looks in uh, MMA. Yeah, that's what made uh, Aldo and uh, Anderson Silva to me they were like uh, anomalies. They appeared to be anomalies the way that it looked natural as in the boxing ring. Oh, Aldo looked amazing. Didn't yeah, he, he did. He did. He looked like he could like could make a legitimate run to contention. I don't know if he's going to be a champion or anything, but he could really climb the ladder if he wanted to. I think part of the reason they they both look so good is they both had exceptional footwork on the feet, and I think that's a really big thing that you, you know with a lot of MMA guys they'll be throwing punches and they'll in the exchange they're they'll cross their legs or they'll go they'll square yeah. up with their opponent and try and throw but Silva and Aldo were kind of masters of, of controlling the distance and setting the fight on their terms and that's why their striking was so good in MMA and and God doesn't Ganu make those like those footwork mistakes <laughs> no. that you just mentioned oh yeah, oh, yeah. he makes them all okay right. so yeah he's gonna the... get messed up the KO versus uh, Rosenstrike. I mean, the guy is like oh. windmilling, and he's like stumbling over himself, but he lands anyway and knocks him out in one punch. Yeah, he's like he was almost like chasing him across the cage, wasn't he? Like winging shots at him, but mm-hmm. falling over his feet at the same time. That was an embarrassing look for. Uh, even though you got the knockout, you look at that and you go, "This guy's probably beatable." The prediction that i gave when this was first announced announced like uh, no shit tyson fury's gonna win like that's kind of the point but fury like nganu has if this is a legitimate fight which i don't think it is nganu has about 30 seconds to a minute to land the one like the one shot knockout and if he doesn't that's it that's like fury's just gonna keep him at the end of the jab Keep him out of reach, and that's that's going to be game. He'll pick him apart to a decision, an easy decision, or he'll end up stopping him uh, by referee. On that point, the one thing that was uh, Connor before he went and boxed Floyd, especially the one thing that commentators and experts said about him is that he had explosive hands and he had this ridiculous KO power. Now that was in four ounce gloves. When we saw Connor go to boxing. Yes, he was fighting Floyd, who, you know, doesn't ever get hit hard. But you could tell that his power didn't really translate. Yeah. Now, Nganu has supreme power in MMA with four-ounce gloves. Just objective, absurd power? Objectively yeah, but, absurd? But is he is that going to translate to 10-ounce gloves, right? At heavyweight? Is what, mm. Or is it 10-ounce Yeah, it's 10. It's 10. 12-ounce. 154 and up is 10, 147 down is 8. 8. So, is his power going to translate to those gloves? And like you say, if it does, he's got that 30 seconds to try finish the fight. If it doesn't, and Fury's got a good chin as well. Let's yeah. Not forget. I it's it is actually 16 ounce gloves. Those are the training gloves. Those training gloves. Okay. Those yeah. training gloves, yeah. 
so like the way that power didn't translate was McGregor didn't he wasn't able to shed his mixed martial arts footwork so he wasn't able to get the same kind of leverage on his punches that a boxer usually does and I expect Ngannou's gonna have the same problem I also fully expect that this is a fucking circus and Fury's they're gonna just put on a show Ngannou's gonna land some decent looking shots Fury's gonna do his little shimmy Muhammad Ali shake and deflect everything with his shoulders and Fury just like pecks at him to cruise to whatever finish to help Ngannou save face as well because if he gets embarrassed, then what does that do for his PFL deal, right? At least I think that would be a problem. Which is, like, going to PFL is already a questionable move as far as, like, publicity and uh, audience reach goes. Well, he's getting a career high payday for this fight, isn't he? He's getting, hasn't it been leaked that he's getting eight mil? Yeah, I think so. Fight, uh, fear. Mm-hmm. You know, so the PFL contract has allowed him to do that because it's enabled him to go do boxing bouts, you know, have their um, set. So, so, in that sense, he's winning, but... I don't even think he's going to lose, even if he gets knocked out early, like which I think is unlikely, but even if he did, like, the core think? of... Well, the core of MMA fans kind of have their excuses lined up. Like, oh, well, he went <laughs> to a, a thing he doesn't ever do, and... You know, they almost recognize... We'll step into the cage and we'll see. Yeah, yeah. You know, they have the puncher's chance until they don't. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, it it doesn't matter. Like, they will... My point is, they will write off a bad performance by Nganu with, like... They won't even blink at that. He... They'll... And they're they're not wrong in a way. Like, he still... Go to any MMA promotion and he's still the... Arguably the baddest man on the planet. So... He could he could get knocked out in round one, and I don't think anyone would like write him off going yeah. forward. People would still watch. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, now that I think about it, you're right. You're definitely right on that because the, they did their shit with McGregor. Absolutely did. Yeah, uh, McGregor remains the probably the biggest pay per view uh, star the UFC has, even through all of the delays and inactivity and injury. He's still like their bestseller, and nobody thought less of Anderson Silva for losing to Jake Paul. Oh yeah, not at all. <laughs> He's still regarded as one of the best to ever do it. This bit of news came out today, right? Uh, Jamal Hill mm-hmm. is Achilles <laughs> tendon. How convenient, right? <laughs> Until I see the picture of spaghetti tendon, like David Hay put out, I don't believe it. Me neither. <laughs> It was interesting that Hill announced it on his own, like, YouTube podcast. Oh, shit. I've never seen a, a fighter announce their own injury like that. Or if they do, it's on, like, Twitter. Yeah, um, Twitter's usually the medium. So that was kind of a hard video to watch. Just He was clearly very upset, but he's like, hey, they forced uh, uh, Yuri to, to vacate. And, you know, he did. He stepped aside, and I have to do the same. That's something difficult. Isn't this a situation... Well, this fight, the... I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Like, what? not this where an interim title comes into play? Or where it should? Isn't that it the point? It's an interim title, isn't it? Well, he vacated the belt. Yeah. So now the... Oh, the, the problem, yeah, right. So if he wanted to hang on to it, he could have. But the UFC's weird about interims. Like, it'll call an interim fight 
like for no reason sometimes like what they did with Nganu and uh yeah uh, who is the well, interim champion I guess gone that was the spying right I think right oh, but yeah the, the UFC will will decide it's it'll call an interim title shot and other times it'll make their champion vacate if they want to keep things moving or you know goodness it's a weird it's a weird system it's very uh what does the company think is best for for selling tickets right oh dana mm-hmm. goodness so Pereira and Jan is probably going to get elevated to a title fight yeah i would be shocked if it wasn't yeah so okay well that's it for our like our little talk intro do let's jump into the recaps um been a while since we last convened so um january or january june 24th um all right let's let me start at the bottom and we'll go up and stop me if there's anything you want to mention uh brendan allen ranked 13th gets a submission in one over bruno silva uh that's uh chief's call this was a middleweight fight nothing here <laughs> no, I guessed that one, I'm pretty sure. Uh, David Onama gets a knockout in two over Gabriel Santos. He did the arrow po- the arrow thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, he ruined, cool. ruined his amazing... Oh, well, I have the opposite of take. Yeah, he, uh, so ruined his amazing fun. amazing knockout with the cringiest celebration ever. Yeah. He just did the I Izzy. Still... Nah. Izzy. Only Izzy can do that. He can only do that once against Alex Pereira. Stop trying to copy him. If somebody did a McGregor-like one, you'd say it was cringe. Because you'd say that McGregor's only he can do it. So I think you have to say the same with Izzy. Alright. It's kind of like a wrestling. You only get, like, you have to have a unique celebration. Yeah, it's your gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, it's your gimmick, isn't it? Right. This next one. Before I... I have to give my... I have a bone to pick. Because he, he, he has his name said as... Cedricez Dumas, which Dumas. No, he, they said Dumas, but Mate, it's, I, it's supposed I, to be Dumas. Is he American or what? He, he's American, yeah. That's that's I why find, I was. Like, I, I find this sometimes with your American, especially your last names. You'll like um, you'll pronounce them different to like what we do in England. I I, I was watching a documentary the other day and I saw one or heard one. Sorry. And it was uh, it was like a completely different way of saying it to how we do. Oh, do you know what it was? It was McClellan. Um, you guys said like McClellan or something like that. What? I was like, what? That's yeah, weird. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a I think this is an Americans can't do English thing. Ooh. <laughs> it was a, a Americanized for sure. Cedric has Cedric Dumas. Like that's exotic Fresh. as fuck. Like come on. Yeah. But no, um, I don't remember why I put uh, the note here lame from Brundage. Sucks I'll be me. honest, I don't remember this fight either. All right, Ava. All right, well, Macy Barber, do you remember that? I remember this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this was brutal. Yeah. Very brutal. <laughs> All right, rank eleventh gets the stoppage in two over rank nine Amanda Rebus. Um, I actually listened back to it yesterday, and it was uh quote put me down for some rebus end quote <laughs> that was that was what we had i love both of them but i was i was sad one of them had to lose but yeah 
I love that Macy seemed to finally put it together and be a legitimate opponent and she didn't seem scared in herself like I think she's got over whatever demon she had or whatever sort of nervousness um she really took it to Amanda like the finish was fucking brutal yep she was lighting her up which was sad to see obviously but <laughs> it was a very skilled uh, skillfully executed finish for sure okay what did we miss Cody Blundage. Like, where did the fucking fight go? Like, oh, it's at the bottom. Okay. Cedric Cedric gets got a UD. Okay. Uh, I didn't I didn't have it listed. Macy Barber. Stoppage in two. Josh Emmett drops the ball. Ranked fifth versus Ilya Tapuria. Ranked nine. You guys both picked Tapuria to win this. Something my observation of it was that Tapuria's like boxing striking was really good, and so like coming from ranked ninth to to um, get the win over ranked fifth, at what to what level does he jump? Given he's, the he's landscape a, he's, of featherweight, he's fighting, he's he's fighting Volk next. That's going to be the next title fight. I'm pretty sure. They're already talking about it. Jesus, already. Um, oh man. Well, who has Volk got to fight left in the division? Nobody, right? Well, I figured I figured Volk was leaving the division. I figured oh, he was yeah. going back up. I think he'll. I think if he does go back up, he's only going to go up. I wouldn't want to see him up there, you know, because I, I think oh, maybe this is going to be controversial. And I don't want to like go on for a big side street, but I think someone like Dustin Poirier would fuck Volkanovski. I really do. I don't. I don't think fifty-five is a good place for Volkanovski. I really don't. He seems kind of small already for where he's at. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's stocky for sure, but. I think he's got the skill set and the IQ to really excel there because there's a lot of guys that are like very physically strong, a lot bigger than him. But I, I feel like he could figure out ways to exploit them because, I mean, yeah. just the Islam fight alone is like. Yeah, he, no one's ever done that to Islam. Like, what what could he do versus Justin Gaethje it, with one camp if that's all he needs? Like, he could maybe cook something up that could really put a beat down on him. And Gaethje's a little bit weathered, right? Oh um, yeah, he's he, he's getting up there. I mean, he's not he's not declining yet. But okay, so he's still so he's still in, he's at the tail end of his prime. No, no, he he what what um. What Nathan, I, don't, I hope you agree with this. Gaethje has taken a lot of punishment yeah. just because of how he fights, but we haven't exactly seen him like a struggle to take a shot. Okay. So it doesn't look like his chin's going or he's necessarily physically on the way out. He, he can still kick and strike as well as he used to do, but he has taken a lot of damage. He's getting up there in age, so it the point, the tipping point is going to be coming soon. I'd imagine. Right. So it's uh, waiting for the proverbial cliff. Yeah, I, I I imagine what we'll see, and I'm looking into the future here and predicting it for you guys. There'll be a contender that comes up through 55, and they'll catch Gaethje at the right time, and they'll be coming a big name off it. Steal his thunder. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He's, he's going to get stuck in a fight like he did to Tony Ferguson, within the next yes. three or four fights, I think, yes. and he's going to get clobbered. Yeah, and then he's never going to be the same after that. But that that day has not come yet. So, so for now, Tapuria is 
probably gonna be the one if Volk stays at featherweight. That's gonna be the fight because that's and who is the dude yeah. that just lost? He was supposed to be Yair yeah, Rodriguez. No, 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 no. The not uh, not Rodriguez, but it was a con- a contender that was supposed to win or that was supposed to be up next, but he lost. I think it was like two fight nights ago. Uh, oh, Arnold Allen? No. He no. didn't lose. Oh, Allen lost to Holloway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm, they wouldn't get... They're not making a fourth fight. I might bulk. be no. thinking of a different division because I'm a fucking casual and I don't know anything. <laughs> Dariush. Yeah. Oh. I, I was mistaken. Yeah, I'm, I was mistaken. Typical fucking casuals. <clears throat> uh, anything more on Tapuria before we move on? I actually oh, got a little bit here, so... You have to give Tapuria a lot of credit. He showed a lot of really crisp striking, but I am very concerned from going forward with his defense. Like, his head movement was non-existent, and he took a lot of bombs from Josh Emmett that he really shouldn't have, and... You know, he's young. He's still developing his technique. Maybe that's something that gets ironed out. But if he fights Volk next, Volk is going to do him worse than he did to Yair. Like, that is not going to be competitive. He's going to get throttled. And even if you look at, like, Max Holloway, or even if he fought Yair next to move up, I'm not automatically picking Taporia in either of those fights. Like, I'd have to think about that. I think Max, in particular, would eat would eat him alive he yeah, can't he can't be that static and upright against yeah if he holloway if he's not he's getting not off the movement. line he's no head movement you know i think he's easily caught and when he throws some of his combinations he's wide open right at the end of them it's just mm-hmm. emmett's too old and he doesn't have the flexibility to expose that especially against you know holloway who i mean he's outside of i mean volk has shown how to beat him but no one else has been able to do it Volk's they're doing. not volk i mean right exactly and but even if you look at you know yair who's just an incredibly explosive you know he'll throw a flying head kick out of nowhere if Taporia is just like you know sitting upright i mean he i could absolutely see him getting caught and knocked out if he doesn't fix that flaw he's got oh he got moved up to rank five i don't remember what i was gonna ask so let's move on fight night on july 1st starting from the bottom up let me know if we need to stop um, Abdul Razak Al Hassan knocks out Bruno Ferreira. This is a middleweight fight. Benoit Saint Denis, UD3. Like you see that? I fucking I got it, man. Like, you got that. I practiced that one. <laughs> well done. Ismail Bonfim gets he uh, drops the decision to Benoit. That's a lightweight fight. Uh, Ariane Lipsky, UD3 Melissa Gatto, Michael Morales, UD3 Max Griffin. That's welterweights. Grant Dawson, UD3. Damir Ismagulov. That's another lightweight fight. And Strickland KO2 over Abus Magomedov. So, for the Strickland fight, I was actually kind of surprised he won because, just considering his his spot in the division and how his last couple fights had gone, it felt like they were trying to fast-track Magomedov to a top-10 ranking here. This is like, here's the young contender. He's going to come up and kind of dust this older guy. And that's not at all what happened. Uh, Strickland, Strickland like whooped him, and like it was clear that guy did not have the gas tank to 
to hang because he was like turning his back. I think even at the end of the first round, like he was turning away and that's even how he got knocked out. He was like turned away and had his hands on his hips and Strickland just jumped in and caught him on the chin. So that was like a very poor performance from him. But it's actually is interesting because Strickland, I feel like after Duplessis, as we'll get to, is obviously going to get the Israel fight next. But I would not be surprised if they tried to make a Strickland fight after that assuming he wins again, just due to the sellability of that fight. I remember what I wanted to ask. I'm looking at I'm looking at the results on the ESPN format. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Strickland on the left. Are those numbers what he did or what happened to him? Because like it says one, t- one knockdown and then Magomedov doesn't have any, so... I don't remember who. Took yeah, who. it's he. He scored a knockdown. Oh, so those are those are what he did. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. Um, so that made me want to look at Tapuria now that I know that about the getting touched up and if that's what happens again, like if he steps in with Holloway, that's definitely not going to be a good good night for him. Tapuria got hit forty three times in the head, but they were significant strikes. Uh, Chief, I'm I'm interested. Do you think Strickland has any shot at like, obviously not at winning. I'm, I'm I'd never pick him to beat Israel, but do you think that he would potentially get in line somehow for a title shot? He was close Duplessis? before, right? He was he was he was close before, and then he got he got beaten by the train, the wrecking train that is uh, that was Pereira at middleweight. Could he get close with the right sequence of opponents? Yes. The, the only way I can see him beating Izzy is like him getting under his skin in the build-up and Izzy goes in emotional. Because I think skill for skill, Izzy's just on another planet to him in terms of striking and distance control and head movement and stuff like that. I think so. So, um, I think- speaking of sequence of uh, opponents, I want to add these in. So Strickland is ranked 6th, uh, Vittori's 5th, Cannoneer's 4th, Whitaker. Pereira, uh, which he's going to be gone. Uh, Duplessis is first, and then Adesanya's champion. What's the it, sequence it, going up there? Maybe he fights Jared Cannonier. Yeah, maybe, but Cannonier is like on the way out now, isn't he, as well? Right, but that would be a wi- uh, winnable. A comparatively winnable fight compared to Robert Whitaker, even though Whitaker just yeah. lost. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had a little cry about Whitaker losing. But yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Cunningham is more likely uh, someone that Strickland can probably be. Anything more on this fight night card before we get to 290? All right. In Vegas at the T-Mobile, UFC 290, headlined by Volkanovski versus Rodriguez. Uh, bottom up, Bo Nickel knocks out Trishan Gore. Fuck so, him. Trishan Gore? <laughs> poor, poor Trishan had no team. Was there last minute on a on a whim? Bo Nicklat's going to do that to him. Oh, that's unfortunate. I didn't know that. Uh, Dan Hooker uh, split the split. Oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Real quick on Bo Nickel. I know that Gore was there last minute and everything, but I've never seen Bo Nickel strike before, and I'm pleasantly surprised with just the eye test that I saw there. Yeah. Footwork was in the right place. He's catching him on the end of his punches. I'm I'm really interested to see if we'll see more of that. Obviously, hopefully against better competition going forward. But if, if he can strike well, in addition to his, his wrestling, he, he is going to be a real problem. Maybe Trishan was uh, like working concessions 
and it was reasonably <laughs> in shape. So like, hey, do you want to do you want want to make some money? It's going to cost you like a year and a half off your life, but he was probably driving Uber with Pantoja. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that's a, uh, we had that talking point at the bottom. Dan Hooker split decision over Jalen Turner. Lightweights. Okay, Duplessis knocks out Robert Whitaker in two middleweights. <laughs> Chief, tell us how you really feel. Yeah, know. what's up? Oh, I love Whitaker. I really do. He seems like such a nice guy, and he's dealt with mental health problems and he's talked about it openly before. And he never badmouths his opponents. And he's funny. <sighs> Classy dude. Yeah, fuck them South Africans. Oh, the real Africans, as they're known. <laughs> oh, is that what oh. they're known as? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. But he's telling me he's a real, real African and his isn't, so I don't know. You know, I got to trust the white oh, guy. Oh, that's right. I forgot he said that. You're telling fucking a Nigerian well, dude, like, I'm yeah, more African well, than you. There's a lot of backstory to that, but Izzy has said in the past that he's Chinese as well. When he, but he's actually he's Maori's a New Zealander. I think I, I think Izzy's just taken it to heart what Duplessis was saying. Duplessis started out by saying, "Look, I trained in South Africa. I was born there. I was raised there. You know, if I if I win the belt, I will be the first real African champion." And I think. People just took it the wrong way, to be honest, and I think it's uh, blown into this whole thing now, where it's a, it's a, it's it's become racial. Right. Like you got Izzy the cage, but you know, spazzing the N word out a million times, trying to, you know, try to gaslight Duplessis into saying it. And uh, obviously, the way that they look, no shit. Of course, that's gonna be called into yeah. question when you say you're a real African and you're not black. <sighs> But, I know he's Dutch. Let's be honest. <laughs> that was totally aside. Something that I had seen on uh, from Africans saying to African Americans is that like African does not automatically equal black. It doesn't. Yeah. No, absolute cost it doesn't. And the social media person was trying to drive that point home like you you obviously don't understand how diverse and how and how big this fucking continent is i mean yeah people in the north of africa do not like, look like people in western africa or eastern french africa you know? right yeah exactly uh northern Af north africans are uh, if you were to separate separate it separate africa into like racial lines that would be part of like isn't that part considered part of the arab world yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah. that, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Duplessis, real African. You heard it here first. Well, and second. Who wins? Who wins him or is it just quickly? I think Duplessis has a real chance because... Me too. Me his, too. It's, Whitaker's a good striker, and Duplessis caught him clean a lot. It wasn't like a wild punch that got him. He was able to catch Whitaker as Whitaker was kind of trying to leap into range. You know, I've always kind of viewed Duplessis as like a, a crude striker, but he he has to have some smarts to pull that off. Yeah. And probably. if you include his grappling on top of that, which is significantly better than most people in the division, you know, if this fight gets to the ground, you know, all bets are off. I was also thinking on less on the like in cage tangibles, the that this real African angle, like if it really gets 
Adesanya riled up, like that could really play a, an I oh. think an important factor. I'm sorry to like rub this in, Chief, but I think Duplessis winning was the best uh, outcome for the division. No, I agree. Because, I agree. because this is going to be a really entertaining build-up, and I think the fight itself is going to be really interesting. So I, I agree with you. As much as I wanted Bobby to win, we didn't want to see him fight Izzy again. We wanted to see some fresh, and Duplessis is a fresh. Andy looks like he might have a chance to beat Izzy as well, so... No, I agree. All right. Alexander Pantoja takes the belt by split decision from Brandon Moreno. These are flyweights. I remember Brandon Moreno looking... He seemed really sloppy and... I, crude is the best way to put it. He, ugh, not sure how he got to where he got. How did he get to where he to the championship? Having wars with uh, what's his uh, <laughs> Davidson figure Davidson Figueredo and uh, yeah. the other guy. What's his name? That he um, knocked yeah. out. Almir Albazi, Brandon Roybal, Kai Cara France. Kai Cara France. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of people I noticed before the fight picking Pantoja for the upset. Shout out RGF there. Yeah. Um, yeah, he really brought it to Moreno, and this is maybe a side effect of fighting the same guy four times within five fights, you kind of get focused in on one style that you're trying to hone. And when it comes to pure striking, Moreno is arguably the best in his division, but Pantoja is like clearly the superior grappler. And Moreno didn't have answers to that. I was surprised it was a split decision, to be honest. I thought Pantoja clearly won the fight. I, I agree. That was strange. I don't know how you could give Moreno that I remember that the... card at all. I remember the chat was pretty confused as well. There's a couple of other MMA heads in there. Right, so Pantoja has the belt. He no longer has to drive for Uber Eats. Uh, he's got he's got the win over Moreno. Of the other four names in the top five, you got uh, Figueredo, Albazi, Roybal, and uh, Cara France. Are those has he fought any of them already or? Are those? Is this like a sol a good way to shake up flyweight? See, I don't believe he's fought any of those guys yet. I take that back. He fought Brandon Royville in 2021, and he did beat him then. But he's got a oh, he also lost to uh, Davidson Figueredo back in 2019. Like that, I guess could be billed as a rematch now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I don't know if that's a rematch where I would favor Figueredo because he seemed to regress pretty badly in that fourth Moreno fight. So that'll be interesting to see if they actually go and make that next. All right. That is all for 290 from these... Oh, hold on. We haven't we haven't talked about... Yeah, well, oh, right. Um, is, wait, who? Who are these guys? Like, these are just like some pedestrian fighters. Yeah. No big deal. Alexander Volkanovsky, yeah. the featherweight champion, knocks out Yair Rodriguez, the interim champion, in the third round. Holy shit. Volkanovsky. Yeah, he was cheating like a motherfucker, wasn't he? He grabbed the cage, he put his finger inside he got the gloves. Of, uh, glove. Yeah. Yeah, he was pulling I mean, out all the stops. Fair play to him. He's up against the best guy in the division. If he wins, he becomes champion. Best, best guy in the, in the promotion, right? But yeah, pound for pound, probably the best guy in MMA, I'd say, right now. Um, I don't blame him for it. To be honest, if I was in that position, I'd probably cheat as well. If I thought, if I thought I had a chance of winning, but 
I think we all said this. I don't. I don't. I don't think we previewed this, but I think what I'm about to say was a familiar sentiment across a lot of the MMA um, pundits. Volkanovski's striking was just more coherent. Like Yair gets away with throwing a lot of wild stuff and catching people, things like that. But Volkanovski can wrestle if he can't strike with you, and he can strike with you. He's, his striking has gone up a couple of levels. We saw that, like sort of in the Islam fight and after. So this this fight went the way a lot of people thought it was going to go. Volkanovski just basically outclasses you know Rodriguez. And I think it was also we could consider this a separation point between Volkanovski and his division. Like that was such a one-sided beatdown, like a complete destruction of everything Yair was good at. Um, that was the last hope for featherweight, wasn't it? Maybe yeah. Max had already beaten Yair, but I guess. We wanted to see the dice roll, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I got you. With uh, him Volk. This seems like the perfect exit point from this division for Volk. I feel like there's nothing left for him here. An interesting comparison that I drew to this was Volkanovski Rodriguez is to Mayweather Maidana in boxing, where Maidana was real fucking grimy. He, uh, at one point, kneed Mayweather in the leg. Yeah. He's pun- like uh-huh. punching his hips and stuff. Like anything and everything he could do to get an advantage, he was doing it. Not a fair play to him, but you know, I, I get it. I get it. You're you're in and you're in deep fucking waters here. So you gotta try to float with anything yeah. you got. Okay, anything more on two ninety? Nope. Oh points time. So you both picked Taporia, so that's one for both. Uh, Macy Barber, plus one for Nathan, and Brendan Allen, plus one. So you both get two. How so, exciting. <laughs> 19, 23. Yeah. Preview time. Right. right. This one's happening now, as we record this, or in a few hours. Um, oh, yeah. It's tomorrow for us, here in the U.S. Eh? No, I'm sure it's today. Uh, it's... Um, bit, Friday here. Oh, it's Friday. Right, right. Yeah, mate, it's Friday here as well. <laughs> Traveling, <laughs> taking out of into the. Uh, I just want to get to bed. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. been a long day. So on this, I know nearly none of the names. I'm going to be honest. I, obviously, I know Holly Holm, I know Walt Harris, and I know Terence McKinney, and I don't know who's going to win. <laughs> So, before Microsoft rudely interrupted, uh, Chief, you were telling us how you're not entirely certain who a lot of these people are. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be good giving you any predictions. Uh, yeah. And one of the guys he does know, Walt Harris, is out because he failed a drug test. So, there's oh, one less yeah. guy you know. Is that good whole man. thing? <laughs> that whole thing's on? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Parisian is still fighting, but uh, he's fighting... Oh. Uh, let's see. Maybe they rebooked it. Oh no, he's he rebooked. He's fighting Martin Boudet in August. Oh, he, okay. So he's not fighting on this card. Okay. Yeah, fights off. Cool. Um, let's go from the bottom up here, cause uh, stop me when there's something you want to talk about. Um, if you want to give picks, 
even if it's just a random one. Let's see, we got starting us off Victoria Dudakova versus Estela Nunez. This is ladies' strawweights. Nazim Sadikov versus Terence McKinney, lightweights. Ottoman Azaitar versus Francisco Prado, lightweights. Uh, Norma Dumont, 13, ranked 13th versus Chelsea Chandler, ranked 15th. Is she related to Michael Chandler? No. Okay. I didn't expect that she was, but still had to ask because like fighting families, you know. Yeah. Albert Duraya versus Park Jun-Yong. These are middleweights. I do want to throw a prediction here. All right. uh, I'm taking Jun-Yong Park by, let's say, submission. Uh, dude's nickname is the Iron Turtle. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Good one. So, uh, that's the only reason I'm picking him, because that's a sick nickname. Yeah. I'll pick, I'll pick Albert then by, uh, decision. Oh, dude, he's got a cool nickname, too. His nickname is Machete. <laughs> Iron Turtle Maybe. Shell versus Machete. Maybe I should pick the Kayla, then. He's Machete. Yeah, go on. I'll, I'll take Kayla. I have no idea anything about this guy, but go on. Yeah, yeah. Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Holly Holm ranked third in uh, women's bantam uh, versus Myra Bueno Silva ranked 10th. Uh, I gotta take Holly here. Yeah, I seems like it's probably the safe pick. Well, I'm gonna be very upset if she doesn't win because she just signed like some insane yeah, deal. So if she right. loses quick, that's very sad for her. So she's gotta win. It was like a, I don't know, it's like a seven fight deal or some shit. And yeah, it's pretty. And that's pretty common, like eight, seven fight deals. Her last fight was the first one on the contract. I remember that. So, uh, Nathan, you taking Polly? I sure am. All right. No picks anywhere else. No picks. Saturday, July twenty second. Another fight night. This one is at the O2 in London. Uh, yep. All right. Bottom Let's go up. Top down. Oh, top yeah. down. Okay. We'll go. Uh, yeah, all right. Let's go top down. Tom Aspinall ranked fifth versus uh, Marcin Tibura ranked tenth. These are heavyweights. I've Let's go. Aspinall's return. Yeah, he's got a win. What was? Why was he out? Oh, he hurt himself. Uh, I think he tore his ACL or something. I see. Fighting Volk was it? These are heavyweights, Volk, all right. Yeah. Yeah, Ale- oh, Alexander yeah. Volkov. Yeah, right. Yeah, other people are. Yeah, Tauri's no, it was like it was against Curtis Blades. Volkov was his oh, last yeah. win, and it was yeah. like 15 seconds into the fight, he threw a kick and like stepped down wrong. Yeah, he's seriously the lifeblood of this division because he's, he's so much more technical looks... than the old guard. Yeah, um, he's the only one who looks any good. Who <laughs> might be able to beat any of the like Jones? Maybe. He's good enough to hang with. He could hang with Jones. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he could. I'm, I wouldn't pick him to beat Jones, but he would be a significantly more entertaining fight okay. than anyone else. Yes. Um, okay, let's go down here. Molly McCann versus uh, Yulia Stoliarenko. Julia for me because I fucking hate Molly McCann. That filthy scouse bitch. She's so <laughs> annoying. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna timestamp this and tell uh, Robbie to listen. Tell Robert to listen. Even he doesn't like her. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he yeah, probably well, does like her. All scousers, they fucking back each other to death, don't they? They're like a roach colony. <laughs> They're like roaches, for sure. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Molly McCann. I'll be on the other oh. side of this. I think yeah, just to try to balance out the hate. God damn. Uh, uh, Nathaniel Wood versus Andre Feely. These are featherweights. Oh, you know the uh, Nate's gonna win. I'm gonna go Andre Feely. Uh, Paul Craig ranked ninth versus Andre Muniz ranked fourteenth middleweights. Paul Craig, Paul Craig, every day of the week. Yeah, I'll take Paul Craig as well. That's a, that's easy choice. Considering uh, I'm in his home country now, it'd be rude if I picked against him. So, you should go to his house and tell him that you picked him. <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate it. I'm sure he would. Uh, okay, Jai Herbert versus Farah Ziam. Uh, Ziam is. French. Take that to nah. mean what you will, which means fuck him, he's gonna lose. No pick for me. No pick? Why did you put Frog under this fight? Because he's French. Oh. <laughs> um, oh we, we, okay. That's really it. I just. Okay. I, it's gonna become a recurring theme now because the French have co- cost me money. When I've taken, Unbelievable. When I've taken some picks. To the to the bookie. Um. All right. So no picks there. Lerone Murphy versus Josh Kulabau, featherweights. Kulabau's winning. He's I've winning no easily. Idea, but I'm gonna go Murphy just because you're saying uh, Kulabau. Okay. It's boring if we pick the same. That is gonna do it for this block of previews and picks. Um, right, so our block ends on the O2 card. We'll pick back up. We'll reconvene, hopefully, on the 23rd, if not sometime that week, so we can get to UFC 291. And, oh, what card? And uh, a little bit of Errol Spence Terrence Crawford oh. chat, too. Uh, oh. oh, man. So that's something to look forward to in the next oh. block. There's also a fight night card on the 5th. And we also need to get our front half picks put together. I believe you two already have all of yours. I have some. I, I'm still digging for a few more. So we'll be. I'll be ready by the by the 23rd for sure. Cool. Uh, okay. So some news on the outro. John Jones, uh, Steve Miocic. This one's set to go, right? Yeah, it's official. All right. Um, Miocic is, is he's on the older side, isn't he? He's forty. Yeah. Forty. Yeah. He's had a bit of a le- he's had a bit of a layoff as well. He hasn't fought in what like I want to say eighteen months or something. Ooh, that's that's like right for the pickings. Yeah, he's a fireman in uh, as his day job. So that's that's like they you always use that like, in the promotion of him. You know, uh-huh. they always like synthesize yeah. it into his, his brand. Yeah. He's a he's a brave hero. The fires of the buildings and the fires of the homes and yeah. the cages too. <laughs> he's a he's a red blooded American. That's what he is. <laughs> he is, yeah. Is he? Is oh, he? He's born in Ohio. Oh no, his, shit! His parents were immigrants from Czechoslovakia or something like that. Uh, that Bro, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, make, makes sense now. I uh, thought he was. I thought is... he himself was an immigrant, but either way, it doesn't matter. He's a red-blooded fucking American. Either way. So I do actually think that 
Stipe's got a real chance here. And the reason I say that is because he, I think the layoff actually benefits someone like him who he's, his normal day job is going to keep him in pretty good shape. For sure. And he's had time to recover from that beating from Nganu. So I don't think his chin's going to be totally cracked mm-hmm. when he steps in there with, with John. And I do think another thing he said a couple weeks after the fight on his Instagram was that he was considering bulking up. He typically fights around 230, which is where Jones is at. But if he walks into the cage at 250 and he's like oh. over that time has has really grown into that weight, not just like yeah, a strong 250. Yeah, I think the wrestling is going to give Jones problems because Stipe is a good wrestler and he's he's got ver- fairly clean boxing on top of that. So this is going to force Jones, I think, to show his more unorthodox uh, skills that you know, we didn't need to see in the gone fight. We didn't get a chance to because the French being who they are, apparently. Uh, um, Chief, anything on uh, John Jones here? Uh, I'll be honest, I think I agree with what Nathan says, but I, I still think Jones has got more tools. He's got more paths to than Stipe does. Um, I think we'll potentially see Jones use his wrestling and then probably his great jiu-jitsu on the ground to beat Stipe. Okay. So, mentioned that Miocic has a day job as a fireman. So, speaking of day jobs, that was, as we mentioned earlier, Pantoja, Pantosha was uh, driving Uber Eats two fights before the championship fight. I don't necessarily remember why I wanted to bring this up, most, I think it was mostly because that's incredibly fucked up that this guy's a, you know, we'll say top five contender, and that, like this is, this is what he has to do to make ends meet. Shit ain't right, man. Yeah, Dana, mate, he's never gonna pay the fighters what they were. You do have to question how many potential champions never got the the real shot. Yeah, uh, to actually show what they're capable of because they were getting paid ten thousand dollars a card and just couldn't they had to drop out or they had to cut corners in camp um yeah and this is also why you when people get like fight of the night bonuses they get that's a 50k bonus so why people go crazy over that it's like that's that could be more than double what they would normally make if they fought two or three times yeah that is unreal the unknown quantity of what could have been like Hall of Famers, like le- living legends that we didn't get because they couldn't. Like 10k for a fight, plus you gotta pay for your coach and all travel expenses and all the rest of it. It ends up being not nearly enough. It's absurd. Like, boxing contenders get paid more than, like, way more than that. Way more than that. <laughs> I think, um, Sean Porter once said in a joke, as a joke response to Bob Arum trying to get him to come over for, I think, Terrence Crawford or, or something. And he's like, oh, yeah, he offered me like a flat one million dollars. It has been a long time since that's how much I got paid. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. That is that's insane. I hope that uh, Fighters Association shit really starts to find some find some ground and build up. It's like, the, like these guys are getting kicked in the face and, and all sorts of other heinous shit happens to them for our entertainment. 
they're getting milked and they get nothing nothing in return or they get peanuts in return i should say uh well that's a really cheerful note to end on (laughs) (laughs) uh right one admin thing in our outro the the voiceover it's listed as lvx entertainment um i decided to swap it to media i'm not gonna like this the voiceover lady that i hired like i'm not paying for that again to get it changed to media so you can use either one and it works uh also don't forget whatsapp you can uh, once you hear my front half of the year picks you'll uh, you'll be wanting to text me <laughs> i'm certain of it <laughs> okay gentlemen parting words um fuck Tyson Fury double A this week and that's it for me um for me a quick shout out to uh my boy Michael the stingray catching machine from Connecticut uh hope you're doing well hope you're listening (laughs) Uh, I hope you are too I am going to refer to him as uh Bill Bill and Prescott if you want me to say Prescott fucking spell it with an I there you go that's gonna do it for this episode of the ultimate fucking casual thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time bye bye yeah (laughs) we should do like a little jingly weird goodbye at the end (laughs) yeah definitely want to make that into make it into a thing absolutely like the positive reinforcements that you guys do Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you have any questions or comments on what was discussed or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUX-PODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net.